Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Long Gang Kitties. This is John Wang, your most handsome CEO ever on the face of the planet. Uh, we have over here Chief of Clown, Dan Wong. Hey everybody! And then we have uh, Chief of Fence, Jerry. Alright, thanks. thanks. And then we have Ling Ling, the number one podcast queen in Southeast Asia. Yay! Hey everyone! Great to be here. Thank you for coming on board uh, the show again, Ling Ling. Thanks uh, for inviting me. So today we're going to talk about WeWorks, the company that recently was evaluated at an extremely low price uh, on the verge of shutting down, as, uh, at least for the US arm. Mm. The Singapore one, I heard, still okay, still mm. floating. So we're not we're going to exclude the whole Singapore portion of it. And also, we're going to specifically talk about Andy Newman, the CEO, and then Ling Ling will be here to bring about her leadership expertise because we are specifically talking about the man, the, par- the man that's in power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this is a good good continuation because uh, we talked about Elizabeth Holmes and Terranos some time back. You know, so we have an actual uh, precedent, something to compare in terms of a uh, leadership style and something to compare in terms of these these uh, charismatic, amazing leaders that bring companies to greater heights. Or to plumb out to their deaths. <laughs> to their fucking doom. It kind of makes me wonder, what is your fascination with Elizabeth Holmes and Andy Newman on your podcast show? And you have to keep inviting me back for this. You know, do you have to wait for another charismatic leader to fall before you invite me back? Come on, guys. It's fun, though. Don't you think so? To see something... I mean, come on. Okay, let's just be brutally honest with ourselves. Everybody loves to see like something big and powerful fall. You know, the news don't sell if there's no bad news. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, I, I, we all love a good shit show, la. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't like this part about myself, but I cannot deny that I feel this kind of feelings, uh. But I think the two of them, right? These two characters, they kind of fascinate me a lot because of the circumstances that surrounds the both of them. Hmm. With Elizabeth Holmes, it was more like she was kind of being propped up because Silicon Valley needed a female leader, and then sort of everyone was rushing to her defense, and everyone was sort of like pushing her ahead, and you know, against all sound advice against all conventional wisdom they're just like okay we're gonna push her despite the fact that there's no product at the end of Terranos with Ender Newman it was sort of a they, they started on the same kind of track so they they were both young charismatic leaders and interact, attracted a lot of investors both started off as a tech company even though WeWorks we'll maybe discuss it a bit further they are not really a tech company and then but the, the similarity sort of ends there and then they, they both diverge in terms of their personality uh, which is what we'll get into lah. Can, can I interrupt you just for a little bit uh, I feel like we were in the beginning it had an actual product it had an actual service so it's very different from Terranos like actually having nothing Right, yes. right. They, 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 they simply buy all these properties and then lease them to all these uh, small companies and then they're like oh you, you guys know each other you guys can collaborate which actually in theory uh, pa- correct me if I'm wrong in theory actually it's, it's, it's a business model that makes sense ma. correct but they are not a tech company. No. I think that's the that's the main thing. So they were marking they were marketing themselves as some sort of tech giant. They were trying to push <laughs> themselves into Silicon Valley. Um but they are actually really a real estate company with technology and platforms that facilitate their services. Yeah, which tech- is not really a tech company la, per se. They're a real estate company that uh rents out spaces to tech companies and they market themselves as tech companies based on that. And then of course, there's also a lot of questionable um, practices conducted by Andy Newman himself, such as trademarking the word we and then selling it to the company, back to his own company for like 5.9 5. 5. 5 million. million. Yeah. And then also uh, by uh, using the company to rent his own property 
all of this only came out when the public, when the company was about to go public. But regarding Andy Newman himself, right? I mean, he is quite a fascinating character. Uh, he likes to party, first of all. He's told the complete opposite of Elizabeth Holmes in that way. Elizabeth Holmes, whereas she was a bit more dour, a bit more serious, maybe even stoic. And she tried to put herself across as the next Steve Jobs. Andy Newman was just like non-stop tequila drinking machine. I mean, that guy always had a bottle of tequila around. You know, there'll be all these stories that, that surface that says that, you know, he he will sack like 7% of the company and then get a rapper to sing about it and then have tequila parties afterwards. He will box and exercise in the office and then later he'll walk around sweaty and barefoot. Uh, then he uh, also declared that we're going to go vegan the next day. There's no like plan, like, you know, in three months, we're going to switch to a vegetarian uh, pantry or whatever. Then his staff are like scrambling on how to implement that thing. Yeah, and then later, they saw him eating meat yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he started eating meat again. Um, I'm just wondering, have you ever, like, Ling Ling, have you ever met someone like this before? Mm, you know, mm. someone in your line of work where you conduct training, has this type of character appeared anywhere before, like, in your, in your, in your line of work? Okay. So not so much in my training programs, but of course there are leaders out there who have what we call, or what you've read in a lot of media, narcissistic, maybe sociopathic tendencies <laughs> of a leader. And these kinds of leaders, they have the mindset where I, I know everything, I have control of everything, I have all this different power. So highly unlikely they would want to attend any of my training programs. Yeah, but of course they also, do, yeah. they do mm. exist. And I've met a few of them, I won't name names of course, in, mm. in my career in the corporate space, yes. So how do those people normally respond when you try to engage with them? Or is there a way that we can kind of like spot them? Because I, I don't know, I, all of us here are entrepreneurs in our own right. We've met these type of people before, right? Over and over again. They're just like really, they all seem very normal. Is there any red flags that can be seen, do you think? I think part of why uh, you guys are fascinated with Elizabeth Holmes, Andy Newman, and all a lot of all of these other companies that have invested in them also is because of their charm, mm. because of their charisma, because of their vision of what they can provide to the world based on whatever business that they're running. So it's very, very hard to find out who these people are mm. before you actually choose to work with them because they are very charming. You mm. like them and they behave in such a way where uh, they want people to like them. So they are social chameleons in a sense. They will know how to behave in such a way where you would want to see more of them. You want to engage with them. You feel like you want to work with them. So it's very, very hard in just one meeting to know whether this is the kind of boss I want to work for. Mm. But in saying that also, now with information going on easily accessible, it's not too difficult to research about the person that you think you mm. might want to work for also. Someone might know someone, might know someone who knows this leader. And then you can do your own research behind that before you decide, hey, is this someone I want to work for? Regarding the charm that Andy Newman had, there's also an interesting story where he got SoftBank, one of the world's leading investor company now, to invest like $4 billion in him within 12 minutes of meeting, uh, what is it? Uh, can't remember his son. Masayoshi. Masayoshi Shan, I think. Yeah. yeah. 12 minutes. This guy got four fucking billion dollars <laughs> in 12 minutes. I need to learn this skill, man. Can I someone? Think billions of people around the world couldn't even work their entire lifetime to earn four billion dollars. Yeah, that's, oh my goodness. 
Yeah, I'm 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 so fascinated because I too would like to acquire a measure of that power, that utter conviction. You know, when you have that vision of yours, it doesn't matter what obstacles are in the way, or you just know that you will get it, and you believe deep down inside that you will get it, and and everybody else uh can feel that. I think. I mean, normal people like us, we're all plagued by doubts and uncertainties, right? If I tell you right now, I'm going to start a business uh, and and sell this particular brand of uh, F and B uh, product. And then, uh, and then, you know, I'll ask, ask myself, oh, I have no experience. How am I going to do this? If, you know, uh, I, 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 I don't know anything about F&B industry. I don't know what's the market like. You know, I've got all these doubts and it will come across when, when I talk to you, I think, maybe. I think the, the way that so-called the world is structured, right, is that we kind of reward all these kind of very overconfident and very charming individuals. Uh, it's just how we feel about them. Lah. Like when we meet them and then we, like you, like what Ling Ling said just now, we feel good about them and therefore we are more likely to invest in this in these style of people. Um, it's funny also because uh, I was I was watching all the videos doing research for this and you know you, you know this this other group that does co co working spaces right IWG. So IWG is now valued at three point seven billion and like what John was saying just now, Andy Newman got a four billion investment in twelve minutes and then these guys were like we're asking ourselves what the hell are we doing wrong. It's like we've been doing this for 20 over 30 years since the 80s but we're not getting anywhere near where this guy is going you know mm. so they're really really you know really scratching their heads trying to figure out hey what the hell are we doing wrong you know why are we not getting that kind of money we're not seeing that kind of money I think what you mentioned earlier about how the rest of us when we want to venture into a business mm-hmm. we we evaluate we doubt ourselves we recognize what we don't know the places that are unknown and I think these are very common um reactions or responses to have when you venture into something unknown and new and i suppose that also helps to answer one of your questions earlier on where if you are encountered with someone who is over the top confident without even recognizing that there are places of uncertainty that's where i think you need to be careful because you need to think of is this person really true to his word has this person done their research when they want to propose an idea to you or are they just being overconfident that could be one thing well i suppose it also depends on the context of you meeting this person as well and so it can be difficult to pass out exactly what is charm and what is psychopathy um i suppose a lot of these narcissistic personality types they 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 manage to pull it off because they can recognize maybe certain social cues, but they Patterns. don't. Yeah, but they don't actually feel it themselves. Hmm. And then it's like what Ling Ling said as well earlier. It can be difficult to ascertain like this type of characters right off the bat. And I don't know like, it, it, It's this story is so fascinating to me, right? Because like, why is it that we have such fascination over this type of personalities? You know, when we see something like this, right? Why is it that? So many rich and powerful people want to invest in a in a guy, right? and the with Theranos, yeah, it, it was sort of sold on the promise, and then the the product itself wasn't really working because nobody knows anything about it, and therefore they're sort of investing in a promise. They're sort of banking and taking a risk that okay, maybe we can forgive them for trying to do something different. But then with Andy Newman, right, it's actually a very well known business model. We can actually see it for what it is right off the bat. There's there's no real need for us to dig any deeper because we all understand. Most of us will understand property. Most of us will understand business models so on and so forth. And there were a lot of people who actually came out and said, actually, it's probably not a long term viable option. But we still invested in him. People still invested in him. And I think that's just I don't know. It's just really crazy. There's a similar 
uh, thread between uh, Elizabeth Holmes and Andy Newman. But the difference is Andy Newman already has a successful business model. But what he sold the investors was this idea of it being a tech company. So changing WeWork into this tech company, into this organization that what changes the consciousness of the world. So that is the kind of idea or vision that he was selling to these <laughs> investors, pretty much like similar to Elizabeth homes in, uh, in a sense that she was selling this idea that I can save the world with this medical technology. So I think the only difference is that Andy had a successful business model and he sold a different idea beyond that, which attracted other investors. Lingling, Ling, would you ever work for a boss like that? One day you go to work and you realize you really like this person a lot because he's so loud and showy and he, he treats you to, to all alcohol parties and you have a lot of fun. And then suddenly he, he comes into office with fantastic news. I just got $4 million from, from this Japanese dude. He, he's, he loves me. And then the whole office erupts into, you know, uh, into a frenzy. And then he suddenly starts like firing people randomly because, you know, that he says that the energy does not, does not sync well with his. And then he starts running around the office like half naked and punching punching stuff. Would you want to work <laughs> in a place like that? I don't know, you know. I don't know. I don't know. But, he, but you can see the money coming in. Your paycheck's increasing. New employees are coming in. The company is growing. But on the other hand, he's so... He's, he's got these moods, these temperaments, you know, that you have to deal with. You know, he's, he's, he's able to... In, in, in one second... Uh, you you desire his approval because he praises you. He gives you something that you want. I don't know what it is, uh, Like he gives you something that you want, and then you're like, okay. I, I want I want to make this. I want to this man to notice me. Afterwards, you know, he starts acting, uh, you know, in such a erratic way and and throws stuff around and throws a tantrum. But then the next day again, he's back to his usual showy self, and then you you can bask in his energy. Well, do you want to work for somebody who's like that? I'm not sure actually. <laughs> actually, the way you describe it is actually very. Because like before recording this episode, we were talking about how we've reached an age where we can't stay up <laughs> all night partying anymore because <laughs> we cannot recover. I don't think I can deal with daily this, tequila this, parties. This, this, this is this is assuming yeah uh, you know this is like the twenty six year old Ling Ling. Uh, how about that? <laughs> well, if only that, such things age. exist back then. Right. <laughs> I guess. I guess. But just now hearing the way that you describe it, right? Actually, I can feel it. Uh. Right. I can feel it like I think uh, like what Ling Ling answered she doesn't know I wouldn't know either I mean knowing what we know now and even looking at it from an outside perspective you can sort of see that there's this charm and energy to the whole thing that a lot of people are attracted to right like morph to a flame it's a uh, <laughs> it's very self-destructive but at the same time it's so enticing but the thing is you wouldn't know this would happen if you're given a job at WeWork Right or if mm. you're interview at the point of the interview, you don't know this is happening. I mean, it all looks so if exciting. It, hasn't, right? it yeah. hasn't gone to IPO yet. You might think, hey, this might be another up and coming Facebook or LinkedIn or something. So there's a, a lot of attraction to to work with it. But now that all this, all these things have happened, in hindsight, we might now can mm. say that we may not want to work for right. them. But without this information, how would we know? So right. so we don't know. I think. Uh, yeah. A lot of times, these companies, they're kind of uh, put out there as being young startups and, you know, the, the CEO is young, uh, the, the culture is different and it attracts young people who are like, oh, I don't want to go to a suit and tie uh, office mm -hmm. and, you know, work in front of a desk. I want to go to an exciting space. So they attract the, the people who are younger, uh, with less life experience and they don't necessarily have the tools uh, and life experience to, to get them to realize that, Maybe there's something wrong with this CEO or the way this system works, you know. 
they they just get bought in and sucked into that all that thing. You know, it's I don't know. It's just it just feels like younger people will be. You know, uh, I I've I mean I've I've been teaching in schools and and all the all the kids are like, when I when I graduate, I want to work at places like Google, you know, or Facebook where they provide you lunch every day and you know you, they they treat you really well, give you all the kinds of uh, staff benefits and everything. But that's that's the the space they provide for you, but you don't know about the work. You know, you're only looking at the good things. But what about what? What if what if the boss uh, of that particular department is very demanding, and then you join it and you don't know, right? So there there are, there are those things that. But we're also talking of a generation who are more willing to change jobs yeah. compared to other generations. True, true. So it's like our generation and the generation above us. When you say you want to work for a company, mm. it's at least you know five years, ten years, or maybe mm. for a life, right? But this particular generation, if something doesn't fit, there are plenty of other opportunities for them to go elsewhere to look for work too. So true, even true. though a company can provide a this wonderful lunch buffet and a ping pong table and a mm. sleeping pot mm. or whatever, but if their boss treats them really poorly, if the HR dismisses them, it's very easy for them to say, "Hey, I'm gonna go look for something else." Mm. It's also a generation where. Uh, they're more willing to take risk and try things on their own. So if mm. they realize working for corporate doesn't work out, they would probably join us at this table and become entrepreneurs talking about people working in corporate. <laughs> True. Talking about people working in corporate, I'm just wondering, is there... Maybe Andy Newman, right? It's just a young upstart predator <laughs> in a sea of predators <laughs> and that the older predators are sort of like in the shadows, right? They are already established, you know... Uh, entrepreneurs really wealthy already. They, they, I mean, to succeed in business, uh, you have to have some sort of crazy. Uh. You can't just be a straight laced every man and you, you can't, you know, be wrecked with doubt all the time. You sort of have to project confidence. And I, I believe there's a bit of, for behind every successful business person, there's probably a little bit of the narcissistic tendency. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, I think that inside every human being, there is a little bit of a, it has to be because it is part of, creating a healthy sense of self mark. Can you imagine if you have no ego whatsoever or if you have no love for yourself whatsoever, you are you are you're gonna have a very bad life. Uh. People are gonna treat you very poorly and you're gonna treat yourself very poorly on top of that. I'm just I'm just uh, also curious about about culture, you see, because uh, from what I read, right, and uh, I know John that you you are not um we are going to leave the Singapore bits out of it, but I, part of my anecdotes of, of sto- these stories that I've heard is also from the Singapore side, is that we work, they are very consistent in pushing their culture onto their employees. To So the boss has a particular energy that he's radiating, right? They, they, they take steps to make sure that his energy reaches the lowest rank and file, uh, you know, in terms of their, their briefings. They talk to them about the company's vision as well and, 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 and the parties and the bonuses and, and, and this... They have this saying about, you know, the power of we. And, and if you're working <laughs> in WeWork, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? So like Netflix has this so-called culture of excellence, right? Uh, they have the keeper test and all that. That's, that's their company culture. And, uh, and, and WeWork, they have the power of we, this all-encompassing, uh, pervasive force that permeates every, every estate that the company has leased. And when you are, when you are suffused in the power of we, you can do anything. You can collaborate with anyone. You can make anything come true. Guys, I am not kidding. I am not kidding. I am not kidding. What, what do you think of something like that? What the fuck are you smoking there? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. You wouldn't ask, you wouldn't ask an employee. I'm serious. I'm serious. It's the way that you make it sound. Uh. Well, that's what my friend told me. It uh, sounds so. fucking perverse. Uh. <laughs> I would, I would say again, like, if I'm if I'm younger, maybe in my early twenties, I would buy into this kind of things. Mm. But now at at my age, 
having gone through all that and being skeptical of everything, like, ah, fuck you guys, you know. I'll just do my own thing and just just hire me for some illustration work and, you know, don't bug me after that and pay me. You're pay missing me out well. on the power of we, Jerry. You're yeah. missing out on the power of we. No, I'm, I, I like the power of I. Lei <laughs> <laughs> do you think that this power of we thing is a way of attracting, like, the millennial, ge- the millennial generation, like what you're talking about earlier when they sort of see jobs as a stepping stone now. They're not really committed or engaged. And they're sort of like trying various ways of retaining the manpower. Well, all, all companies have a responsibility to make sure that their employees perform well. They feel welcome, feel like they belong and feel like part of the organization because that's one of the ways how companies make employee perform, become more productive, and so on. So it makes sense that we work will want to perpetuate a culture of we. And I'm sure other companies will also have their versions of a we culture, like we work too. Uh, but like all cultures, I believe it's also, how to say, self-selecting, in a sense that if you are of a particular kind of character or particular kind of energy, you will be drawn to a particular kind of industry, profession, culture, and so on. Like just now you were mentioning, I like the culture of I. Mm. So that it makes sense why you're an entrepreneur and not working for a company because that company doesn't have the energy of I. And that's why we are all entrepreneurs too because based on our experience, we've tried maybe different companies. We realize it doesn't work for me. So we try something else. There's definitely, yeah, all of us are marginally disagreeable to some extent. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Disagreeable to what? (laughs) Who knows? You might end up finding a company with which, you know, the energies jive. You enjoy working with the people, having conversations with them. And you might Mm. change your mind and decide to work for that company instead of being an entrepreneur. The funny thing Things can change. I I recently read this article about how uh, incompetence is being selected in any company structure. So what happens generally, right, is that you sort of get good at your job and then people notice and then they promote you to take on more responsibilities. But then the moment they promote you, you, you sort of go up the chain and at some point, you run out of competence at that chain. And that's how people are selected for incompetence. And I think for a lot of us, especially entrepreneurs, I, sh- well, I should say for myself, uh, I think we're just kind of jaded by incompetence across the board and it just becomes... I don't know. I, I, whenever I hear this like how or we thing, it just sounds to me like someone's trying to pedal mumbo jumbo down my throat <laughs> so that I, you know, fall in line and behave and just be an agreeable little salary man and just sit in your cubicle or your hot open desk, right? This hot desking shit and just type away at your computer and, you know, don't ask questions. Just, just believe in the power of we and have tequila at the end of the day. I don't know. Like, just to me, it's just not the, that's what, that's what I mean by, by disagreeable. Are you disagreeable? It depends. Not everything you need to disagree on, and not everything you need to agree on. I I I I I don't know why, but I have this like very perverse urge to try to pick a topic with you that you purposely disagree with. <laughs> purposely <laughs> but, disagree with. Yeah, but <laughs> I I feel like if I bring up a topic like that, you would find a way to very diplomatically dodge aside. Okay. I just have that feeling. I just have that feeling. And yes. I, I, yeah, I'm running through my, my, my data found out of all these... Uh, like um, All these things I'll disagree on so that you can see me <laughs> disagree. <laughs> so I disagree with you coming okay. up with a list so that I can disagree on. Does that help you? Okay. <laughs> well, let's talk about the list then. <laughs> let's disagree about the list. list? 
<laughs> so another another funny thing that all of this entails, mm. right, is the the working environment within WeWorks itself, how they try to gather also startups, how they also try to gather young entrepreneurs into their into their spaces. To me, the whole culture of this type of sharing spaces, right, has also mutated into something else already. It, it becomes a bit like predatory as well, where, you know, people will come in, they'll, they'll spend a fair amount of money, you know, renting the spaces, so on and so forth, hoping to collaborate or hoping to work with some like-minded individuals and only to find out that, you know, maybe all these people don't have as good as intention as, as what you may think. I mean, have have you guys ever experienced or encountered something like that? I was t- telling John just now. I uh, do have uh, experience doing my startup uh, with a couple of friends, and we were because we were short of renting good, good office spaces. The model we work wasn't really in Singapore back then; it was twenty eleven. Um, so we were not really getting any places where we can afford. And there's this space in. Um, I Raja Block Seventy One. You guys heard of it? Right, right. Uh, I so, there now. Uh, Block Seventy One. We were there at the very beginning, and it was just like an open factory floor with really desks and LAN cables. That's this, all. This, this That's for all the for the game project, is it? Yeah, yeah. it was yeah, a game okay. project, twenty eleven. So uh, we went there. Three of us were two programmers and me, one artist. And then we had uh, a few days away was uh, Burpo. You know, Burpo? Mm, Burpo, yeah. So yeah. Burpo had his, uh, the founder is there. So the founder is a businessman as well. Then they have their tech people. So whenever they have like networking lunches and all those things, the boss was there to do the business side of things while his, his other partners were do, you know, holding down the fort, the tech side. And for us, it's just all tech people and creative people. Our supposedly business guy who is also the main investor wasn't there all the time. And whenever this kind of things happen, right, he wasn't really there to go in to get businesses. So we were just running, running down the, the, the cash really, really quick. And we have no income stream, right? That's one, one thing. A second thing is whenever, whenever someone comes to us to talk about like collaborations and stuff like that, we couldn't really commit because we don't know whether to shift resources to, to, to work on uh, the new projects, collaborative projects, or do we continue working our own thing, which we're not making money. Yeah. So what do we do? You know, how do we, how do we grow? And it's, in a way, I, I feel, I understand what John was saying because um, there are times where maybe angel investors will, angel with air quotes, investors will come in and kind of like, hey, we look at your product, we like it, but we want you to work on this and that, either for free or for very little money. Uh, and, luckily for us the business guy wasn't there so it kind of shielded us from all these things because we can kind of say uh, we, we, we're not the guys in charge of business so we don't want to make a decision but you know personally we can we can kind of like network and have a little bit of connections here and there but we are not able to take on anything so it's it's kind of like a detriment at the same time because we don't have an income stream but at the same time kind of, we're kind of shielded as well because if we were to agree to this and we were exploited we would we have had an even worse life than we had because we weren't getting paid pretty much the entire year and a half. This is the evil of uh, game development. Uh. Yeah. yeah. Sounds tough, man. Sounds that, really that's tough. That's why it didn't happen. That's why we quit. It's just ridiculous. It's like 18 months of not getting paid. My uh, my savings went down from like five digits to like $300 at one point. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And you're alive. You're here. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> It all turned out well. 
uh, as yeah. good as it can get. So, mm. what what do you think about Carousel? Do you, have you have you ever met with the Carousel boys? No, I haven't. But I like using their app, though. Yes, yes. Yeah. Recently, have you met them? No, but I really want to because recently, um, um, they 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 have been valued at, at a very high price. Oh, it was what what again? What? Over a billion US, over yes, a billion US, one billion US dollars. Well, right? seriously, After for Carousel, merger, yes, wow. yes. This is very recent news, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't help but draw comparisons with uh, you know all, all these these charismatic leaders and their crazy companies that we've been talking about. Because from what I heard, right, the three boys are very down to earth, like normal tech people, <laughs> like you and me. They are not. They don't throw. They don't have helicopters. They don't go party. They don't, you know, do all these crazy things. And, and, and they have been business for quite a long time. Seven years, actually, right? So, would you then say that, that um, oh, you know, this, kind, this style of crazy leadership is unsustainable eventually? Because you will, ev- you, will do, you will just burn out, you know, and, and, and you will not be able to, to haul long-term because people will see you for who you are, uh, a, crazy, a crazy person. You're comparing the Carousel Boys to Andy yeah. Newman? Is that yes. your question? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is that even well, Andy, Andy Newman yeah. is the exception, I right. think. And Elizabeth Holmes is also the exception, which is probably why all the media is like talking about them so much. But I think the more common kind of leader is what you find in Carousel. Right. The more down-to-earth, thinking about the practicalities behind running a business, going out, doing that networking, trying to find opportunities. And I think... That is uh, that is more common. Whether you'll get a charismatic leader and burn out, I think a lot of it depends on the intention of the leader. You can be charismatic, but still a lot of the actions uh, go towards actually building the business. So instead of like Andy Newman spending, what, $60 million buying a private jet, he could use mm-hmm. that $60 million in R&D trying to actually build a tech startup. And you can still be charismatic. So intention is the key word here, lah. I mean, you have to you have to actually want to do something with the money and with the investment, the capital that you've been given, rather than like the way that like I said, one of the things that we touched on was his really very questionable ethical approach to the whole business, uh, where he's just I don't know if anybody feels like he's just trying to milk the investors for all their worth and then just abandon ship the moment things become inconvenient. The funny thing is he he was ousted, right? So he, yeah, yeah, he got kicked out of his own company. He voted for to kick himself out during the board meeting. He wants the money, uh... yeah. Yeah, and, and then he liquidated his stocks as well, right? He liquidated his he stocks. He cashed out. Yeah, he cashed out, and then of course, just right at the point where you know, uh, WeWorks was going to take a fucking nose dive in terms of valuation. I mean, SoftBank invested something like what, close to hundred million, was it, or hundred billion? Hundred billion in uh in funds to invest, but I think they the last investment they did for WeWork was two billion, right? Instead of the promise fourteen. Yeah. So total, I think they've sunk in the like it was promised one hundred billion. I think total they've sunk in ten billion, and now the company is valued at four billion. So it's it's just I I don't see how they can recover from this. Uh. There was some news recently about their plans to recover. So um. A bunch of people took over and then uh, they laid out a roadmap on how they can be profitable now. So you can read it. I, I didn't quite understand what they were talking about. It's, it's, they're back to being normal people again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll, it'll take a while for, for them to become normal people. Yes. It kind of reminded me of 
the the days when you know before I came to Singapore I was in in London for four years and where I used to work it was near this roundabout um, called on Old Street and Old Street there is a underground and a train station there and this roundabout is called the Silicon Roundabout because the buildings around this roundabout housed a lot of startups mm-hmm. and of course people at the startups they hung out at the cafes and restaurants in the area too which is where I used to work. And I would hear conversations of startups saying that their goal is to create a big enough product so that companies like Yahoo back then, mm-hmm. Yahoo, Google, or Facebook will buy them. Mm. So some of these startups, they have the big vision of creating an awesome product, but their end goal or their exit plan is really to be bought over. So it's really, it's not surprising that Andy also had that kind of an exit plan, which is to say, if I built this company big enough and I hit my target of how many billion, then I would be ready to exit. It's very, very common. But that's also, that's a, I think, generally viable business plan. I, I hear a lot of people doing it, especially in start, in tech startup. Uh, because eventually, what happened to most tech startup is that, or most technology, right, is that it sort of converges, right? So your phone now can do a lot of different things. And what happens is, of course, a lot of phone companies, actually, either they start to buy out technology app companies or they incorporate the app in their next line of phones right so technology sort of converge but and i think maybe that's the allure of weworks is that they they were trying to push themselves as some sort of tech company when actually they are real estate but i mean there's no there's no convergence there Mm, there's no there's no way for them to so-called well, I'm going to try and dump my my uh, company or get acquired by someone else Maybe that's why they, they sort of have this marketing campaign that, that says that they are a tech company when really, you know, they're, they're just landlords, uh, basically. Mm. Andy you... Newman kind of reminds me, I just suddenly remembered. Do you guys remember Fire Festival? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> From Ling Ling No Space. idea. Yeah. So anyway, Fire Festival, was this uh, event touted to be the next... I don't know what's like uh uh it's like the Burning Man of yeah, Instagram yeah, yeah like, something like yeah. that yeah. so basically they were trying to do some ex- super extravagant type of event like yearly event you know super exclusive and whatnot but they were going to do it in the middle of the Bahamas they were, at first they were trying to do it in the island that Pablo Escobar was uh situated or bought over but then they moved to another island, so and so forth. So the logistics and all that was already very uh, complicated. But Billy McFarlane, the founder of Fire, wanted to do it in a year. And a lot of people were saying that, no, you can't do it. But he attracted also so much investment and so much media attention and hype. Also because of his charismatic appeal, right? He 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 hang out with Ja Rule. Yeah, Ja Rule. And he, a he's big just, bad rapper. Yeah. He just... <laughs> Looks like a down-to-earth guy. But end up, right, it all went shit in oh the most God. spectacular fashion. Leaving at least two documentaries yeah. have been made about the right. Fire Festival disaster. About how people spent thousands of dollars on a ticket. And when they go to the island, they have, they have nothing. There's nothing on the island. It's like a mm-hmm. bunch of refugee tents and like mattresses. And then they have to fight for the mattresses because they're stuck on the island. No, but you know what's funny about Fire Festival? In, in, in it's, it's The relationship is... Uh, or the relevance is, is quite close. Is comparison is quite close. But I feel Fire Festival, one of the things that we, we take more glee in mm. is because there's all these rich white people going there to party and then they are met with like, oh, this is the worst time of my life, you know, like I, no food, no water for 12 hours, being yeah. locked in the airport. 
that, that's actually extra funny because it's like these are rich people who are suffering for the first time. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I get a perverse delight yeah. out of that. Too. Whereas I think WeWork is not so funny because people's jobs are actually at stake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, like I said, it's, once again, it's all these super charismatic leaders and just... Yeah, I should look for this documentary. It sounds it's, hilarious. It's on Netflix. Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shows how much time I spend on Netflix. <laughs> but yes, it's, uh, it's quite a shit show. La. It's really quite a shit show. Guys, do you want a hypothetical from me? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Ling Ling, you've done the hypothetical business before, right? You're an experienced I... member of our Longkang Kitties podcast. Well, I don't know. One experience, is that enough? <laughs> okay. It's all you need. <laughs> so, imagine this, okay? You are, you are, you are done with work. Okay? You want to go home and rest. You know, you, 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 you go home and then you lie down in your bed, your comfortable bed, and then you close your eyes, about to drift off to sleep. Suddenly, you feel a tap on your shoulder. You open your eyes. Oh my god, it's Andy Newman. <laughs> he's staring, <laughs> he's staring at you right now. <laughs> he's crawled over your bed. <laughs> he's like, he's like, hey you, hey you there. Like, I think you have got the, the, the power of we deep inside you. <laughs> All the energy that I've been searching for my entire life is actually inside of you. And then immediately he, he places a magical amulet on your neck. Okay, you can't take it off, right? And he's like, okay, so what's going to happen now is I'm going to give you my one billion. I'm going to give you the entire company, regardless of whether it's been taken over by other people. Magically, the company is now yours. You now own WeWork and the power of We. However, there are two conditions you must fulfill. The first thing is that you must bring the... The company must not fold. That's the first thing. The second thing, the company must become a tech company. And if you fail these two criteria, the magical amulet on your neck will explode and you'll be decapitated. It's not a magical amulet. La. It's a freaking explosive collar. Say it's an explosive collar. Come on. It reminds me of one of those movies where you put something in someone if you don't do what they say, they'll blow you. Yes, oh, what yeah. movie was that? There was to- one like, total really recall, violent one. Total Recall? Total Recall, yeah. yeah. It was one of the Kingsman's Ah, that, oh, that, that too, that too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, too, they yeah. put something in your ear rather than an amulet. Right, now, that sounds That's terrifying. That's not magical. No. <laughs> <laughs> but and he says human, what have you done to us? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now the the thing is, what uh, uh will will you will you will you do as he says? And and uh, actually, you have no choice, right? Because you, you, yeah, I, I I'll die that, yeah. if I don't do what he says, right? That's not, so. What? There's no question there already. Okay, right? okay. So what will you do then? What what is the <laughs> What is the magic thing, the business plan that you have to, to number one, make WeWork uh, not fold, and number two, make WeWork a tech company? Make WeWork work. <laughs> yeah, you have to make WeWork work now. It's all on you. You are the CEO now. Make WeWork work as a tech company. Hmm, let me think. You know, I've recently uh, met, or I've recently encountered another company, mm-hmm. and this company, they focus on building smart offices. Mm-hmm. So meaning they they ensure that the environment within the office becomes like a IoT or something like the Internet oh. of Things. Right. So uh, they will adjust air conditioning, adjust the lighting. Uh, there's all tech stuff all over the office space, making mm. sure the the environment is fantastic. That's kind of techy, right? Mm, 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 okay. mm. Good point. Good point. Internet of Things. Yeah. So if I have to do it. <laughs> actually right. the first thing I would do is sell it off <laughs> to someone who can do it but if that's not a choice but, because I know you're going to come yeah. back to me and say yeah Andy Newman said I can't sell it my head will explode so I, <laughs> yeah 
yeah, I'd rather sell it, get the money, and and use it for something else. But okay. I know you'll come back with that and good say point, no, you can't point. sell it. So good I point. would, and if tech is the way to go, then I would say uh, use all the money that is profited from WeWork mm-hmm. to invest in building smart offices. Mm, smart and, offices. And use WeWork as a space for research and research and mm-hmm. testing or whatever. Makes sense. Tech will work. Anybody else want to take on? Take on this challenge. I think yeah. John's ready. I, I have something. <laughs> okay. I'll go after John. I'm going to create an app <laughs> that will send the subliminal message of we <laughs> into everyone in a certain vicinity. So I'll sell it to bosses and I'll sell it to a CEO of startups. And whenever this message is broadcast, mm-hmm. everybody will be one of two modes. They'll either be a, a slavish salary man or the next mode will be tequila party time. <laughs> so it's, it's just one of these two. Okay. You, can, you can't choose anything else. Okay? It's like a switch. So the power of we and then everyone just works hard. Or the power of we and then everybody party time, tequila time. Okay, so that is that is my plan to take WeWorks to the next level. Okay, you 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 are basically saying you're gonna invest in mind control, uh. Yes, it's, it's, it's an app. <laughs> okay, uh, behavior modification. This is right after our finest episode. You can actually <laughs> earn a lot of money with behavior modification app, and if that works, mm-hmm. I can imagine a lot of uh, organizations and even governments trying to buy that out from you so that they can brainwash whoever mm. they need to brainwash. So that is a really but, good But it's, a, it's just there. it's just one of it's just Best. one of two things though. Like yeah. you can only do one of you can either party hard or just be a yes man. <laughs> mm. I'm sure people will buy that out and reverse engineer it so that they can <laughs> tweak the options. <laughs> actually I uh, just to, to to digress a little bit, right? This this uh, issue of behavior modification can actually be used as a force for good. So I personally use um, this uh, browser blocking software that whenever I'm working, uh, you just enter it into your browser. The amount of time that you need, that you don't want to go onto Facebook, you don't want to go, and then you, you have no choice. You try to, you, I mean, of course, you can always restart the computer and all that, but you won't do it because it's just too troublesome. So you will just be like, okay, fuck this shit. I'll just get back to work and focus. So that's one example of a behavioral software. Then there's, there's another thing that I saw online about how uh, it's an app that helps suicidal people calm down, people with anxiety calm down. Have you guys read about this before? It's, it's basically a, a list of things that you do when you are feeling suicidal so that, you know, you do not kill yourself but you end up doing all these silly little or, or constructive little things. So I think this sort of behavior uh, modification is, is actually a good thing. Well, it depends though. If like oh. I got a tequila drinking app <laughs> and my body can't take it, I think <laughs> you'll see me in the hospital really soon. So I don't you, know. You either depends. work or drink. Yeah, you either work or drink. That's, that's all we do at WeWorks. <laughs> terrifying, actually. That's a nightmarish kind of uh, scenario you just created. I think if people know about it, they would probably not go to WeWork yeah, you, at you, all. You go to jail, then the company will fall, then you will die in jail. Yeah, it's not the magic amulet that will kill you. <laughs> okay, uh, my turn. Uh, what I intend to do is to, is to make WeWork a virtual working space. So everybody wears like VR headsets and then they can meet with other people in the VR space. And then I will buy these VR spaces. Just like how Second Life uh, sells like virtual reality space to people. So, you guys are not convinced. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, it's funny though. It's funny. It's like, it's like right now, John, I tell you, uh, I, I, I can sell you a, a piece of land on the moon. 
Yeah, it'll be yours. You'll just oh, I'll give you the title deed too. I think you you'll be better off, right? You'll earn more money if you just somehow merge it with porn. <laughs> like we, VR We porn. Yeah, we porn. Like VR porn now, right, is fucking crazy. Uh. It's like the next next up and coming thing. So, okay, okay, yeah, okay. You should probably think about investing into that. <laughs> And then I'll be a tech company for real. And then because men will desire porn all the time, uh, I will never go out of business. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, people will stop working, right? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone will stop working. Yes. Okay, Jerry, your turn. I have no idea, honestly. So how how do I make WeWork work? Uh, I'll probably do something that is uh, not dissimilar to what John says, but... This time is not through brain uh, wave, whatever. It's literally having a slave driver go into every office and whip them. <laughs> and lock all the doors. That's not a tech company. <laughs> that sounds like prison. Yeah, no, no, it's not a tech company. <laughs> I actually have no idea. How do I change your tech company? Maybe you implant something into the whip. Yeah, maybe. Uh, like, like you can dial the, 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 the pin down, up, you know, or different kind of pain as you whip people so that, you know, maybe you, maybe when you want to whip the pregnant woman, you don't whip her with the maximum amount of pain. Yeah. And then if there's yeah. a, if there's a shake big motherfucker, head, like, head. so the, the tech is the whip, right? The tech yeah, is the whip. The tech yeah. is the whip. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. We so, whip. Yeah, we whip. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whip where, where it's got little barbs with cocaine on it. And it's laced with cocaine. <laughs> and then whip you and it enters your bloodstream. Yeah. Okay, so if we merge all these ideas together, it's a smart office that you work or party with tequila and then you have VR porn and someone will whip you. Yeah, if, if you, you don't. Are, yeah. <laughs> if you're either not partying, watching porn or working, right? Any, any investors out there, hit us up because it's going to be like an excellent idea. We are doing something that's totally out of the box and will totally work. This is the tech company. This is the future of tech, guys. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> You need to throw in lightsabers, though. If it has to be tech, yes. some some Star Wars-y thing yes. has to be in it. Yes. Lightsabers, yeah. You'll get the license from Disney. No problem, guys. Uh. <laughs> any last words from anybody? I think that's all we have. Um, once again, thank you, Ling Ling, very much for, for joining us again. Thanks for inviting me. Great to be back. Yep. And with that, that'll be the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening in, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Wow. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.